You are now listening to the State of the Union. An American sports podcast covering whatever sport is currently in season. From the MLB, NFL, NBA, NHL, and college sports. Presented by WTP Sports. Here are your hosts Austin Slough and Jordan Moore. What's going on my fellow American sports fans? This is your Vice President Austin Slough speaking. And I'd like to welcome you to the State of the Union. For those of you who don't know me, I'm a veteran right fielder in the Atlanta Braves organization on MLB The Show, The Video Game. Hashtag badass. So today is August 7th, and this is episode number three. Uh, I would love for you to follow me on Twitter, at AustinStyle10, to get all the latest make-believe news and life drama that a professional baseball player, actually, let me correct that, that a uh, make-believe professional baseball player goes through. Um, And I'm actually joined right here by our president, Jordan Moore. That's right, I said our, because he runs this shit. Bottom of the night, two outs, winning run at the plate. Who you got? None other than my co-host, Austin Slough, to hit a dinger to win it. Welcome to the Best American Sports Podcast. I am Jordan Moore, the president of the sports world. We run this nation under pod, and that's simply a fact. I'd love for you to follow me on Twitter and Instagram at iJordanMoore. That was sick. That was sick. See, he even buys into it. Uh, For our new listeners, we want to make it abundantly clear what we're about. So the State of the Union is a seasonal sports podcast that covers whatever sport is currently in season. So we cover everything from the MLB to the NFL, NBA, NHL, college sports once they get going here in a few weeks. Uh, But with that being said, today's podcast, we will actually cover the MLB, NFL, and the NBA. So all you NBA fans that haven't heard a lot of talk the last pod or two i don't i know we didn't talk last time but the second to last pod did we talk about the nba no okay so we'll talk a little nba action um but yeah so throughout the pod i oh man i'm a popular man so the throughout the pod off your phone sorry sorry my fault my fault got everybody trying to call me uh throughout the pod we will have is that your agent calling you yeah, 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 he's probably calling me to, to tell me I just got the 10-year contract. Um, we're going to have some fun segments. We'd love to hear your thoughts on. So last week, we ranked the best sports video games, and I think my top five was definitely better. But that's, that's none of my business. Um, this week, I think we're going to top that, and I can't wait for you all to chime in. And, uh, yeah, so... Joe, go for it. We're talking about the MLB right now. Here no, we go. No, we're starting NBA, dude. We went over oh, this. Oh, why? We went over this. Oh, my God. We're Let's talk about the NBA. We, we haven't talked about the NBA in so long. we got so many people that need to hear the NBA. Okay, sorry. NBA. Austin, I have a question for you. What? What is the TBT tournament? No clue. I've seen it all over Twitter. I've seen it on ESPN, and I have yet to understand what the hell the TBT tournament is. So can you explain to me what it is? Why does it matter? Who cares? So the TBT tournament is 
Are you ready for this? Yeah, let's hear it. It's not the Throwback Thursday tournament. Well, that's what I thought it was at first, and that's why I was so confused. It's not. Uh, it's it's not. It's um, the basketball tournament. The basketball tournament. That's what TBT stands for. Yes. Also, uh, just to make this clear, me and Austin are actually with each other right now. This is a first time, guys. First time ever. So I can't figure out how to do diff- two different mics. We have two different mics, so don't be fooled. But um, I can't figure out how to do it because I'm technology technology locally uh, inclined, and I can't do it. Um, so we have one po- we have one mic for the podcast. So I'm switching back and forth. I'm the I'm the microphone controller like a reporter. So it's kind of cool. So that if you hear if anything's off with the sound, that's why. Okay, awesome. You asked what the basketball tournament was. Yeah, the TBT. The basketball tournament is starts off with 64 teams, and then it uh, dwindles down, obviously, but it's kind of like pickup basketball and winner-take-all, $2 million. So I think the winner last night, it was a championship game last night, the winner got... Uh, each person on the team got 140 grand. So basically, like, that's your job for the year. Like, you don't really need anything else. But... The cool thing about it is called uh, they have some kind of ending. I forgot what it's called. They have some kind of ending where when the clock in the fourth quarter gets under four minutes, they set a score. So say the score was 60 to 60, the first timeout or first stoppage in play after four minutes, they then the referees get together and they then put a score. So then they're like first one to 66 wins. And there's no time left. It's just the first one to score 66 wins, which is, like, kind of cool. I think that would be cool if, like, the NBA did that. So so who plays in this tournament? Like, I, I saw on Twitter a bunch of people, like, guys that played college basketball years ago were training and stuff to play in this tournament. But, like, is this, like, alumni? Like, who who's in this tournament? So you could have any kind of – anyone can – qualify for the tournament and then you obviously put play your way like to try to get into the actual tournament but um there's 64 teams and the teams can consist of basically anyone i know there's a team called overseas elite and they've won it the past four years uh they got knocked out in the semifinals this year so uh this year it was the ohio state alumni team and the marquette alumni team but like not everyone on the marquette team was from marquette it's kind of like one guy was like from a d3 school in the midwest and like he just played with them so like it can be anyone it doesn't have to be alumni like the overseas elite team was just a team full of like random players i guess from overseas and like they won it every single year so in other words we should make our own tbt basketball team and play in the tournament yes we should call it the state of the union basketball team we should play in the tournament um we're two white guys, so we're not really that good at basketball. Hey, I can shoot, though. I can shoot. My 2K guy, he can shoot. I cannot do anything in basketball. I'm really bad at basketball. But if you want to be on our team, we're actually holding tryouts. Um, next year. Yeah, next year. Uh, the tryout date is TBD for the TBT. And, gee, that was so clever. Uh, so smart. And then... Um, yeah, so we're never going to actually have the team. We're just going to have tryouts, so it's kind of legit. But, you know, if you get a lot of guys and you're actually good, then, yeah, sure, we'll, like, we'll probably win the whole thing. So $2 million easily. Let's do it. I'm down. All right. 
Uh, Austin, let's talk about this whole NCAA thing along with the NBA. I don't know much about it, so you got it. Oh, man. The good old NCAA, dude. I love... Everybody loves the NCAA, right? Everybody loves the NCAA. <laughs> no. So, if, you're, if you've ever played college sports, you would know that the NCAA is bullshit. Um, and they actually just issued a memo today or yesterday. I know it came public today, but it probably was done yesterday. Um, and so this memo was issued to agents uh, regarding requirements to represent players testing the NBA draft. So basically, a or sports agents that were representing basketball players did not have to have any criteria. You could literally represent anybody with no background whatsoever uh, and be considered a sports agent. The NCAA has now gone away with that and they've made criteria for you to be considered an eligible agent representing somebody coming out of college. Um, the, cr the criteria is you must have a bachelor's degree, uh, you must be NBPA certified for at least three consecutive years, um, professional liability insurance, and you must complete an in-person exam at the NCA office. So four criteria now require to be an agent um, representing an NBA player. And they, the NCAA is catching a lot of backlash from players. I know LeBron recently uh, put his thoughts out on Twitter and stuff, and he created the hashtag Rich Paul rule. So, so Rich Paul is his agent, and he represents LeBron, Anthony Davis, Ben Simmons, Draymond, a bunch of other guys, but he doesn't have a bachelor a bachelor's degree. So right now he's ineligible to work with any college players who are trying to pursue an NBA career. Uh, I think I don't know the NCAA just has so many issues, and personally I don't understand why you would have criteria to be an agent if you can do the job do the job like it's i don't i don't understand the ncaa is screwed up in so many ways you want to know what this reminds me of this reminds me of like when you go to have a job application or you go to apply for a job and it's like here uh is an associate introduction uh position but you have to have eight years experience for this introductory uh uh, position but yeah like why why should I go first of all let's talk about the job thing why should I if I'm going into an introductory position I just want I just want a job I just want to make some money out of college or wherever I'm out of out of shit out of Compton or something like that no I'm just kidding but like why do I have to have eight years experience how would I ever have this eight years experience and it's just where are you getting eight years experience I don't know it's just like when, when you have like when you go to apply for a job and like the credit oh 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 Criteria is like you gotta have eight years experience. Like I don't want to do that. Like I, how could I possibly have that? But this is kind of like what it reminds me of. I still don't really understand like why that. Why is the NCAA all of a sudden like making this a rule? Because they are screwed up so many ways, and they try to throw band aids on things. And there was one player. I don't remember who it was. I saw it earlier when they were talking about the issue. Um, one there was one player who like got around it. And this is their fireback for him doing that. They're trying to prevent what happened in the first place from happening again. I can't. I cannot remember for the life of me who it was, but it's basically just 
a band-aid being thrown on things people are going to find other ways around it it's it's honestly stupid and yeah i don't know so austin you're telling me that if we have a bachelor's degree check we both do congrats uh and then we have uh nbpa what does that mean national basketball players association certification uh for at least three consecutive years so we could probably forge that um and then we have professional liability insurance shouldn't be that hard to get uh and then we complete an in-person exam at the ncaa's office that we could represent an nba player we would be eligible to represent an NBA player. However, I don't think any NBA player would want either of us representing them. You don't know how I have contacted me. I and when I play 2K, a lot of agents and a lot of players contact me. So is that so? You make a hundred. You make like what? Three hundred VC. Yeah, like I mean, virtual coins. Yeah, I mean, okay. that's. I still, you know, represent or I am represented by play people. So. Well, okay, so there's not a lot going on in the NBA right now, so that's all we have to talk about with the NBA. Um, until more starts coming out, until people start doing stuff. I know um, I know the preseason for the NBA starts in a couple weeks, um, so once that gets going, we'll talk about it a little bit more. But let's segue into our first segment, the countdown. This is going to be a very fun segment and a good segment uh, to lead us into the NFL talk. So... The countdown, we will, um, so each week we'll count down some topics in sports the way we want to. Uh, We'll have new topics to feature on the countdown every pod, so make sure you stay tuned to these. And we'd love to hear your thoughts on what we say, but also what you think about um, the topic itself. So this week, fantasy football is starting to begin, okay? So if you had the number one overall pick in your fantasy football league, Let's say let's say you have five fantasy football leagues. Who are the five fantasy players that you would pick in each league with that number one overall pick? Let's all right, we'll start with Joe. You start it. Okay. So if I had number one overall pick in my fantasy league, the top five players that I would draft first, counting down from number five, uh, the fifth would be Michael Thomas for the Saints, wide receiver for the Saints, just because he's going to get so many targets for from Drew Brees and, and that Saints offense. Um, he's been a top three wide receiver the last couple years in fantasy football, so I feel like I would pick him. Number four, another wide receiver, Julio Jones uh, for the Falcons. Uh, he's kind of like Michael Thomas. He's going to get so many targets from Matt Ryan when uh, – they play really any team. The Falcons run a pass-first offense, so uh, you know I think he'll get a lot of targets. He's another guy who's been probably the top uh, wide receiver pick or top three wide receiver pick in fantasy drafts over the last couple of years. Number three, I'm going with a running back. Uh, running backs, really, you know, the top five running backs um, on your draft board at any given time are probably safe bets, just because you know running backs going to have the ball in their hands a lot. Um, but I would pick number three, Alvin Kamara for the Saints. Um, the Saints just run. I mean, the Saints are probably one of the best, if not the best, offenses in all of football. So I mean, any really any offensive player, whether it's Drew Brees, Michael Thomas, Kamara, or any wide receiver they have, um, any even their backup running back, uh, who is uh the guy for Alabama. What's his name? Mark Ingram. Yeah, um, he's not there anymore. He's not? No, he's in Baltimore. What? Yeah. 
<laughs> All right, well, not him. But it really, any whoever their backup running back is, I mean, the Saints – offense is so good so you can't go wrong with any saints player but alvin Kamara, uh, you know he's going to catch he's going to run the ball um and he's going to catch out of the backfield too which is something you definitely want and that kind of leads into who i'd pick at number two i'd go christian mccaffrey um he's kind of like been under the radar in fantasy leagues but i think he's due like he's had a very solid like he gets you know in a regular ppr league he gets 22 plus points each each year so um, I think this year is going to be his breakout year, and I think the Panthers are actually going to do a lot better this year. Um, I think they're a team that's kind of sneaking on the, the radar again. Um, but he's kind of a running back that's going to come out of the backfield and catch balls too, which is definitely something you want in a uh, fantasy league. You know, he can run it, and he can catch out of the backfield too. So look for that when you're drafting. And then number one, um, you know, I don't really like him. I don't really like the Chiefs, but – um, what is wrong with you? A lot of people say it's hard to. I mean, I can't really like him because I'm a Patriots fan. But um, I mean, the dude is a freak. Like he is such a good player. But I would pick Patrick Mahomes at number one just because he's gonna throw so much. I don't even know if the Chiefs have a running back right now. I guarantee who's a. He's he played last year, but he got like I don't know 400 yards and then. I don't know. Even it doesn't even matter, honestly, because they're do, not going to use him. It doesn't really matter who the running back is because they're not really going to use him. And if they do use him, he's just going to catch balls from Patrick Mahomes out of the backfield. So whoever their running back is, I'd probably draft them because you know at some point in your draft, just because he's going to you know get a lot of touches for, or targets from Patrick Mahomes. But I mean, they're going to throw the ball almost every single play this year, and their offense is insane. So as long as he stays healthy, I'd pick him at number one. And Austin, you know how to have an honorable mention. Guess who my honorable mention is? Actually, don't even answer that question. You know who it is. <laughs> the GOAT, Tom Brady. He's not really that big of a fantasy guy, but, you know, I love him, and I want my team name to be the Brady Bunch every single year, so I have to draft him. I might just draft him number one overall. So yeah, I was going to say, can you draft him number one overall in our fantasy league that we're doing? Yes, because then I'll just be the underdogs like the Patriots are every single year because well, they're underdogs. Wolf. It never fails that every year when we play fantasy football, Joe will draft – at least four Patriots players. He'll he'll draft three offensive players and the Patriots defense, and he'll somehow find a way to win everybody against everybody. It's because the Patriots just have guys that j- they just grow like they just they just no. make them into no one. No, that's not what I'm saying. If you draft Tom Brady and Sony Michelle and Julian Edelman, how the hell can you still put up insane numbers? That's that's what I'm saying. It doesn't. No, make sense. last year I drafted Tom Brady. Julian Edelman, uh, uh, Sony Michelle, and what? Why am I blanking on the other running back for the uh, James White? Yeah, James White. And I just I don't know. I that was like my first five picks, and I did really well. So draft everyone from the Patriots. All right, Austin, let's hear your picks. All right, so his top five was solid. Uh, I give him that. We don't agree a lot on our countdowns, but I, I'll give it to him. His top five was good. So the way I did my top five, so I started at five, and I just assumed that five would be like my, if I'm playing for money, this would be like my cheap league, like don't care as much about. Number five, Travis Kelsey, tight end. Best tight end of the game. Um, He's going to get you hella points catching balls from the Pat Mahomes. So I went with uh, Kelsey. Number four, I went with Pat Mahomes. Just because I don't know at four, I don't. I feel like you still shouldn't be drafting a quarterback in the first round. If you are, like, 
hats off to you. Your running backs are probably going to be ass. But I didn't think about that. Yeah, so I put him in the four. Um, number three, I put DeAndre Hopkins because he's a freak. I mean, when you got Deshaun Watson throwing passes to you, there's no excuse for you to not put up numbers. I personally think he's the best wide receiver in the game. Simply a fact. Don't at me. That's what I used your saying. Uh, number two, Alvin Kamara. I mean, Joe pretty much summed him up. He's going to run for decent amount of yards, but his, his role is going to be catching out of the backfield, which he does a great job of. And then number one, if I'm playing for $10,000 and I need that number one overall pick, I'm going Saquon Barkley because, I mean, the Giants quarterback is Eli Manning, and they have no wide receivers. So where do you think their offense is going to come from? It's got to come out of the backfield and Saquon Barkley is just so freaking big. Nobody's going to tackle him. He's going to run for, I'm going to say, how many yards do you think he's going to run for? I'm going to say 1,500 yards, and I don't know. I don't know how many touchdowns is an average for a running back. Actually running, not receiving. It doesn't matter. He's going he's gonna to run for an insane amount. So he'd be my number one. All right, before we move on to the NFL, though, I you brought up a point with Julio Jones being one of the top three wide receivers uh, to be drafted in fantasy. Do you know who the number one wide receiver is in fantasy football? It's going to be someone really, really stupid. I don't know who it is, though. Devontae Adams for the Packers. Wait. Wait, who is the – why am I – Oh, that's Jamal Adams for the Jets. Yeah. Oh, I don't like Jamal Adams. Dude, I don't understand why the NFL and, like, I feel like it's everyone, every analyst is so stuck on the Packers. I just, like, they were terrible last year. Why is, I don't know, like, you think Aaron Rodgers is really going to come out of the funk he was in last year? I think personally, okay, so Devontae Adams is really, really good. He's got, He's got Aaron Rodgers throwing to him. So, again... There's no reason for him to not be good. He put up he put up like 12 touchdowns last year, and barely broke a thousand receiving yards. The offensive line was terrible last year, and they they got slightly upgraded. They don't have anybody else on the receiving core, so just, I mean I feel like Devonte Adams is not going to be a breakout guy this year. I still think I th- I personally think Hopkins or Julio Jones is going to be the one. Because Julio has Calvin Ridley on the other side of him, you can't just you can't just double team Julio because Calvin Ridley will go off, and then Hopkins same thing. You got Will Fuller who, if he can stay healthy, that dude's gonna be a, a really good product. But I don't know. I just when I do these mock drafts and stuff because I love doing them just to see how I how I fare. When I saw Devonte Adams at number one overall, I was I was shook, just because of the Packers. Yeah, I don't know why the whole. I feel like all sports media is so like wrapped around the Packers thumb I just I don't know I don't really see it but I guess you're right like he is gonna get a lot of targets um I mean I don't know if he's gonna catch all of them especially with how Aaron Rodgers threw last year but um who knows maybe the Packers are are good this year they have a new coach and everything so we'll see um but yeah let's trans or actually let's let's talk a little bit more about the NFL as a whole uh preseason starts this week uh what i mean the preseason especially the start and the finish is kind of like 
you don't really know what you're getting because I feel like some teams play uh, their starters week one and week two and then they'll sit like week three and week four or some teams will like sit week two or week one and week two and then they'll play week three and week four so it's kind of like you don't really know what, what you're gonna get but and in your opinion what do you think we should expect this week personally all right so if you're a fan of football and you get bent out of shape during the preseason about the way the team looks like I don't understand why you're a fan of football. It's it's just like spring training in baseball or the preseason in basketball. There's, it's meant to get guys back into the groove, see who, who can produce for you, who can, especially the younger guys or the new guys that haven't been in your system long enough. So, I don't know. I feel like everybody gets bent out of shape in the preseasons. Like, oh, th- this guy just got hurt. Where our season's over, or, um. Uh, our second our second defensive front isn't isn't getting to the isn't getting to the quarterback enough like I don't know I just feel like so much gets put into preseason football and people read too much into it when in reality your starters are playing one or one uh drive or like he was saying if your team does uh the fourth game of the preseason and they play their starters for a quarter or a half you can read a little bit more into it to see how guys are reacting, but it's, I don't know, I just feel like there's so much hype over the preseason and people get too into it for some reason, but I, from which, what we, what should we expect from it, I just feel like some guys are going to get hurt, some some big name guy is going to get hurt, everybody's going to lose their mind over it, um, so I feel like there's going to be some breakout rookie who is going to get his opportunity and shine with it and is going to run away with it and find their way into a starting lineup. Yeah, I think, like, uh, whenever I watch preseason, uh, first of all, like you said, like, you shouldn't be worried about your team if your team's looking trash or looking really bad. Just because, like, I mean, can you even – I mean, you're a Redskins fan. Do you even know if they won any preseason games or, like, do you even know how they did last preseason? I feel like you'd never remember that. Actually – it seems to be a reoccurring thing every year. The Redskins do really good in the preseason, and the hype gets so like all the fans are all hyped up, like "Oh, this is going to be a great season." And then five games into the season, when we're one and four, everybody says, "What the hell happened?" Yeah, and that's like that. I mean, that just goes to prove my point anymore, even more. I think the I think the um, the one year the Lions went zero and sixteen. I think they went four and zero in the preseason. Yeah. So it's like you you can never expect anything from preseason teams. Just enjoy watching football. I feel like I every time I watch preseason, I'm just like really happy that I'm just watching football for the first time in however many months. And you know, I love baseball, but I mean, baseball can get monotonous at times, and so I just enjoy watching all the helmets run around the field and stuff like that. Yeah, and for me, I think preseason football is like college sports it's guys who are playing for a reason so like guys in college are playing to keep that scholarship or to get to professional sports guys in the preseason are playing to keep that roster spot or get that roster spot so you're gonna see a lot more intensity you're gonna see hustle you're not gonna know any of these players names but if you just enjoy watching football you're gonna then the preseason what you want to be watching think about high school football that's what preseason is to me. Yeah, it's that's a very good comparison. But anyway, um, yeah, it's, don't worry about preseason. Just enjoy watching football. Enjoy watching the teams and enjoy that football is actually back. 
But Hard Knocks premiered last night. I didn't watch it. Um, I heard it was like kind of okay, kind of not okay. I'm sure John Gruden was a trip, but maybe we'll talk about that a little more in the next podcast. But speaking of the Raiders, uh, news out of Oakland today is that Antonio Brown injured his foot from a cryotherapy session in France, and Whoa. he didn't wear the proper footwear or something. You, you know more about it. Yeah, so he's his, inj- his foot has been injured for a few weeks now, but it just came out today, like, all the details. Gruden had been asking questions and, like, trying to figure out what had happened and everything, but they actually just came out with it today that he injured his foot in cryotherapy. And if you don't know what that is, it's basically you, st- you stand in a box and it shoots, like cold air like i don't i don't really know how to explain it you'd have to look it up to understand like, what I'm like freezing air yeah it's like freezing air and it's supposed to recoup your mu- or rejuvenate your muscles and and get your body back into the shape it needs to be in to perform especially at the professional level and so he didn't wear the right footwear and into the the machine or whatever and it like caused all these blisters and bumps on his uh foot and now he hasn't. I don't think he's done anything at spring training or spring training at training camp. Which I don't know. I don't know how much people are reading into it, but I just know that news came out today. So every time I see Antonio Brown's uh, name on my television screen, I always think of his feet. Now, did you see the picture of his feet? No, but that's kind of weird. No, dude. Google. Whenever I think of Antonio Brown. I think of Pittsburgh Steelers. So this is going to be a really weird adjustment to think of him in an Oakland Raiders uniform. That's true. But I just always think of him. At, uh, if, if you don't know, I think a lot of social media accounts posted it. He posted a picture of his feet before this injury. So I don't know. There's something going on with his feet. I don't know. But, like, the bottom of his feet is, the, are, like, are, are repulsive. Like, just they're the most disgusting things you've ever seen in your life. Just Google Antonio Brown's feet, and they'll come up. It's It's – so repulsive i don't even know but uh moving on to a a little different topic josh gordon has um filed for a reinstatement um with the nfl and i'll let you answer this because i'm a patriots fan i'll probably be a little biased but do you think that he deserves another chance okay so how many chances has this guy gotten because he's gotten a lot if i remember correctly he's had Dude, I don't. I couldn't even tell you how many. He's is. It's mainly drugs, right? PEDs or something. Uh, it it's basically marijuana. Yeah. Like but every single time. Mul- but it's been multiple accounts of it. Yeah, but this yeah. So this last. I mean, this time, this last time, it's it was kind of because he, um. I think he was taking some kind of depression medicine or something, and it tested positive. I'm not sure how he got suspended this last time. I think it might have been. It's definitely drug-related, but. Okay, so if I, if I remember correctly, too, he went through some, like, therapy sessions and um, tried to prove that he could overcome this and then turned right back around and did it again. So for a guy who's had as many chances as he's had and has gone through therapy and it hasn't worked, personally, I feel like Roger Goodell should say no. I, I think he should decline his reinstatement simply because this guy has had so many opportunities to fix himself. And I get it. If it's after one or two, if it's after one, I understand. Like, give the guy another chance. People make mistakes. 
after two it's like all right you have an issue you need to get help and it just seems like none of it's working and i don't know he's still young though so he could he could take some time off really focus on that and maybe take like two years off and then file a reinstatement and try to get back in but right now i would say no yeah i mean here's where we're going to disagree just because i feel like you have to know josh gordon and his whole situation for to really like relate to him and the thing of I've kind of became closer with Josh Gordon just because he is, you know, just recently played uh, with the the Patriots. I mean, he did really well with the Patriots, but, I mean, he was only there for one game. So, it's like I don't really know what we're getting, but I think he did catch a touchdown or a really long pass um, that game against the Chiefs he played in. But um, I feel like if you follow, you know, I'm, I feel like I'm big into social media, so like I follow Brady and everything and, and Josh Gordon, but – I mean, Josh Gordon seems like a very sentimental guy. Um, he's gone. I think he went through a lot of like personal problems, like with depression and stuff like that. So it's kind of like I feel like you got to actually know the guy to like you know really know what's going on with him. Has he had a lot of second chances? Yeah, he has. Um, does he deserve a second chance? I'm gonna say yes, just because of the sole reason. Second if, chance or sixth chance? Sixth chance, just because of this <laughs> sole reason. If Tyreek Hill can play for the Kansas City Chiefs without any rep, any kind of reprimand. reprimand or whatever you call it, repercussions, then I think Josh Gordon should be able to play for the Patriots. Just because for all that stuff to come out with Tyreek Hill about him like abusing his girlfriend and his child or threatening or you know there's audio and stuff like that. And for him to, you know, not get any repercussions or anything or not be reprimanded for that is, to me, absolutely ridiculous. And if he can play in the NFL, I feel like Josh Gordon should be able to play in the NFL. So so I see what you're saying about Tyreek Hill. This was Tyreek Hill's first offense, though. And, yeah, the severity of it, I think, is probably a little more severe than what Josh Gordon has been doing. However, it's like I was saying earlier, with it being his first offense, if he can show after this offense that he has taken the initiative to be better, get better as a person, not an athlete, then I think a second chance is definitely doable. Whereas, I mean, I'm sitting here looking at Josh Gordon's history with substance abuse and and suspensions and everything, and it talks about his time in middle school and high school where he was self-medicating and stuff with Xanax, marijuana, codeine and that's in middle school so he's got he has an issue and I and he knows it but and he's gotten help for it I just think there comes a time when you like literally need to step away for a long period of time and completely put yourself into your mental health your physical health and get yourself right and if you can do that and show uh, improvements then you can come back into the league and I don't know. Right now, he just hasn't shown that he can do that for an extended period of time. But I don't know. Yeah, I think either way, whether you agree or disagree, is you can agree that this is definitely Josh Gordon's last shot in the NFL. Oh, I feel no like chance or no doubt. If he can, you know, come back and prove himself, then that's awesome. But um, I just saw a thing come on the bottom of ESPN. We're watching Little League right now, but. Um, 
it said that Roger Goodell has sole discretion over whatever he yeah, wants to do. I saw that too. So it's like Roger Goodell, Josh Gordon don't have a good relationship. Roger Goodell, New England Patriots don't have a good relationship. Who knows when the timetable that, you know, with all that stuff is going to happen. Well, I think even going off that, like you're 100% right. But this is a this is an opportunity for Roger Goodell to crack down and put his foot down. People have said countless times that he doesn't do enough with issues like this or with issues of domestic violence, sexual assault, stuff like that with other athletes. And I think this is a chance for him to kind of put his foot down and say, like, we're done. Like, if you if you cannot commit to getting yourself better, you're not going to be in the league. Um but then it kind of contradicts itself because of what happened with Kareem Hunt and Tyreek Hill. So, I don't know. The NFL and Goodell, it's a shit show. And, dude, I don't know. It's bad. If, as Patriots Nation, if uh, Josh Gordon does not get reinstated and Tyreek Hill continues to play, we riot. We riot. We'll create a little Facebook page just like the Storm Area 51, and we'll just storm the NFL headquarters. <laughs> um, all right. Let's talk about some baseball. Um, let's talk about one of the most disappointing things that the MLB has ever done, and it's this year, 2019, players the player weekend, baby. the players weekend uniforms. Take it away. One word, horrendous. I mean, they're they're awful. It. I don't know who designed them, and I'm sorry if I offend you, but there are a lot worse comments that are being made about them. They are, they're really bad. I mean, it looks like somebody from like a club or something. If, if you walked into a club and you found a designer in there and you said, hey, can you design some stuff for me? That would be the product. Like, it, can you show me a picture of them? Yeah. It looks like that right there. Yeah. Yeah, that's, oh God. So either, either the jerseys, I don't, it's not like a National League, American League kind of thing. It's kind of just like, you know, whoever is playing this weekend, one team is going to be wearing black, like all black, blacked out uniforms or blacked out uh, jerseys with like blacked out hats and like the name. So like I'm just going to use the Red Sox as an example. Red Sox would be in black. Uh, the jersey's black. Words word the words Red Sox are black with white outline. So it's kind of like a blackout theme. And then the hat is just completely black. And the logo, you can barely see it, is like a B if you're talking about the Red Sox. And it's black as well. So like you can't even really see it. It literally looks like <laughs> to me. Oh. I'm sorry. And then, hold on, hold on. I, gotta, I see what you're about to talk about. The other jersey is white. The words are white with like a metallic silver like outline. You can't even really see the outline. And the hat's all white with like the white logo okay so i just saw the hat the white hat and the first thing i thought of is this the white cincinnati hat or cincinnati hats the white cincinnati reds hat that pete rose wears that's exactly what it looks like <laughs> these things are nasty dude. they're ugly i mean they're atrocious i don't even know what was going through their mind there's no color at all it's just either a black or white i mean i guess i guess you're gonna wear white pants with both of them I don't really know. I hope you don't wear black. <laughs> what if they wear black pants? That'd be insane. But oh I got a funny tweet on my personal, and the guy quoted. I just tweeted out the Red Sox one, um, and the guy quoted it and said, "Picturing this with Hollister 
That's what I'm saying, dude. dude. That's what it looks like. He goes, picture this with Hollister cargo shorts, murdered out Nike sh- shocks, <laughs> topped off with white Oakley oil rigs. <laughs> dude, it's just absolutely atrocious. Like, these, I, I want to meet the designer. These hats, when I'm looking at all, I have all the weekend hats uh, up on my computer, and I'm looking at them, and the only thing that I can see in my head right now is one of those hardcore men's softball players that's like thinks he's the shit and he's not like that, that's all i can see dude i just picture a guy walking out of like a like a one-story house with a wife beater and wearing one of these hats <laughs> just i just please google them but now that you googled pete rose in the white cincinnati reds hat i can't picture anything else when i see the hats <laughs> And like the names of these, and like that the players picked is like really dumb too because I think they made the <clears throat> they made the players pick um, at the beginning of the season in spring training, and like a lot of these people already have like nicknames for this year and stuff like that. That so I don't know. I think it's pretty stupid all around. But if you have <laughs> do you I'm have any? To, dude, I'm trying to find some stuff on here of like some softball hardos. I don't know. Anyway, it is absolutely atrocious. Uh, do yourself a favor. Actually, don't do yourself a favor. <laughs> do not Google these. Um, but, yeah, let's talk about um, one thing we didn't talk about uh, or we haven't talked about since it's happened. Uh, Amir Garrett for the Cincinnati Reds. Not, not Miles Garrett. I typed Miles Garrett earlier, and he looked at me like I was an idiot. Yeah, so we're, we're going through the podcast rundown before, and he's like, yeah, let's talk about uh, – Miles Garrett and how he charged <laughs> charged the the Cincinnati or the Pittsburgh bench or whatever. And I I look at him I'm like the Browns player, Miles Garrett? I was like, you talking about the Bucks, not the Pirates? Like what are you talking about? Anyway, Amir Garrett, the pitcher for the Reds, tried to fight the entire Pittsburgh Pirates team. Uh Austin, I have one question. What the fuck was he thinking? I don't know, man. He's a he's a big dude, so but like I don't know the the best part of it was have you do you follow John Boy Media yeah yeah so he made a uh, voiceover on it you guys gotta you guys gotta watch that it's really funny um, so the coach comes out to the mound puts his glove over he puts his glove over his face because he's pretty pissed off that he's getting taken out of the game Pirates I guess we're talking shit to him and he couldn't take it puts his glove over his face and the coach signals to the dugout that I guess they're gonna change pitchers. So John Boy Media is sitting there, and he's like, he's like making up stuff, but it's so funny. And he's like signaling to the du- uh, to the dugout, and he's like, "Oh shit, he's about to do it. Let's go!" <laughs> and then Miles Garrett puts his glove over his mouth. He goes, "I'll be right back, coach," and just takes off to the to the third base dugout. And the whole Pirates team is waiting for him, and he just starts throwing punches with like eight different guys. And the brawl went on for like 15 minutes. It was awesome. This is one of those kind of fights that uh, baseball kind of needed, like in the middle of the season, because not everybody just talked about it. But I've never seen a guy just complete. First of all, like the guy's not good. He's terrible. He's blown about like three saves in like the last week and a half, and he just got completely rocked that game. I thought he was just kind of doing it, like after you know they're saying some some shit to him, but he just absolutely just said, "Screw it, I suck. I'm just gonna walk <laughs> over and like." I mean, he didn't land one punch, and then he walked back to the dugout. Um, 
in a full Stone Cold Steve Austin pose acting like he did something. But uh, I think the funniest thing was watching, like, uh, the Reds manager come out of the dugout after he's already been ejected. Yeah. So he actually came out of the clubhouse and just trying to, like, run over Clint Hurdle. Um, I think he was maybe on cocaine or something. I don't know what was happening. I can literally just see him back in the clubhouse watching the game on the TV, sipping on a beer, and then he sees Amir <laughs> Garrett take off charging at the dugout. He's like, oh, shit, this is my time. And he just storms out, and he's looking straight for Clint Hurdle, ready to throw some haymakers. Yeah, uh, definitely what baseball needed. Though. I mean, look, this is what we're gonna talk about. We're, we're we'll talk about we'll remember this fight like for the next five ten years. That was better than half the NFL and NBA fights. Yeah, the NFL fights are always between a cornerback and a wide receiver, and yeah, the cornerback you, always acts like he does something. Yeah, it's usually the wide receiver saying, "I'm gonna cook you." The cornerback locking him down, and yeah. And then they just grab each other by the face mask or or something like that, and then they just push each yeah, other. Or they try to punch each other in the head with the helmet on, yeah. and somebody breaks a hand. Yeah, because that makes total sense. Yeah. Um, anyway, let's talk about... Um, ooh, ooh, ooh. Stromer, Bauer, and Granky. So those were the three big names that got moved at the deadline. And in their first appearance with their new teams... Stro- well, actually, they technically all got rocked. Stroman and Bauer both threw. So Bauer and he threw four and two thirds. Stroman threw four and a third. They both gave up seven hits, three runs, a couple walks, and they both had three strikeouts. So not a very pleasant showing from those two. Granky got the win, but he gave up five runs, seven hits, two walks, and two strikeouts. So again. Yeah, he got the win, but it wasn't a very good debut he, for him. He actually didn't. Grinky didn't get the win. He came out when it was tied, so he doesn't get. He didn't get the win. I looked on the stats online and it said he got the win. I was just watching it, and it was six six when he came out of the game. All right, well, regardless. How does that make you feel that I'm smarter than you? Well, my sources said otherwise. So my sources said. Okay, well, trust no sources. What if I'm wrong? That'd be funny. You're wrong all the time, so. I'm right. That's not simply a fact. Oh, I'm, I mean, I'm right. That is simply a fact. All right, so. What we were trying to get to was these guys have had really good years before they were traded. So should are we going to expect to see what they did before or after? So basically, are we should we expect these kinds of results from now on? Like what do you what do you think's going to happen? Uh see, I talked about this on my Boston podcast just because like, I mean, the Red Sox didn't do anything at the trade deadline and everyone's calling for Dave Dombrowski to be fired and walk and stuff like that. Um I think this is one of the this was one of the worst trade deadlines ever. It was awful. It was I mean, it was horrific. And I think it's just because like a lot of these players like weren't available. Like we're sitting here in two thousand nineteen talking about Stroman, Bauer, and Grinky. Like, yeah, they're great pitchers, and I love, you know, I love Stroman. I don't, you know, I, I don't really mind Bauer or Grinke, but at the same time, like, they're not studs, studs. Like, they're not the top-tier pitchers. I think that's why this this whole uh, trade deadline kind of sucked. But I think it's just kind of funny because we all looked at, and the MLB world kind of blew up because, um, you know, the Astros got Grinke and, you know, two relievers. And I think the the story of the Astros was the two relievers and not even Grinky, and people didn't even focus on that. Grinky's a phenomenal pitcher, but I mean, I don't think he's an ace of a staff. And I just like to point out to all the Astros fans, congratulations on winning your 2019 World Series in the in the 
at the end of July when you got Zach Grinky, but I don't really think he pans out. He's not panning out right now, and I don't really. I think he's going to struggle in the American League with with that hitting. I think that Granky's going to settle down, but he, again, he's not going to be what he was before. He'll get you through playoff games, but I I don't know. I don't think he's going to get you through a World Series game. I think Stroman or and, even an ALCS game. Yeah, even that. I think Stroman and Bauer. I think this is going to be something we're going to expect more of. I, and, and I hate to say it because I love Marcus Stroman, but I just feel like the change of scenery, he's now the number four guy, um, which I personally thought was going to be best for him. He wasn't going to have any pressure on him to go out, but I don't know. He just did not seem like he was in a groove in Pittsburgh. I actually went up to the game and watched him. He, I don't know. He didn't seem in a, in a rhythm at all, and that could just be a one-game thing, but... I don't know. The two of them, I just have a weird feeling that they are not going to have a good second half. Uh, I think I think Grinky's in a different boat than Stroman and Bauer because I think Stroman and Bauer were dealt to, you know, stay, you know, Bauer and Bauer's going to stay in Cincinnati for like the next couple of years and Stroman's going to stay with the Mets whether he likes it or not for the next couple of years. And I think Grinky was kind of just dealt just because the Astros are trying to win now. I don't think he's in it for the long run. So that's I think that's going to come back to bite the uh, Astros, but at the same time, like you had to kind of do that deal if you're the Astros, just to keep up with par and you know be, they're obviously now the favorites in the American League. But um, I no, I agree 100 percent on that, and I think the trade deadline also sucked too because the first big name player to go was Stroman, and he went to the Mets, and I think the Mets doing that threw a wrench in a lot of teams' plans. Mm-hmm. And nobody was expecting it, so everybody was like, "Well, shit! Like nobody, nobody was gonna get moved after that. No prospects, nothing." And I don't know when he when that happened. I was like, "Well, this is gonna suck." Yeah, and I mean, if you're the Mets, props to them, props to them for going on and doing that when they yeah. weren't expecting it. And Stroman's gonna be, you know, <laughs> Stroman's the fourth starter on that team behind two Cy Young winner or two, you know, a Cy Young winner and Degrom, and you know, definitely potentially Syndergaard, and then you have Wheeler, and then. You have Sturman. Yeah, they got depth, which is not going to be an issue. So they're in a good position starting pitching-wise. But And that's what kind of like, I mean, you look at a team, like they were six back of the wild card when they did that, or the last spot in the wild card when they did that deal. And now, like, even though Sturman didn't pitch well in his first start, like it provided a spark, and that's what some teams need. And, like, yeah, Sturman didn't do that well, but, like, I mean, that's his first start at an away ballpark. And, I mean, what, he went from Toronto, you know, you don't know what's going on in his personal life, yeah. so. And, like, so for the Mets as a team, though, I think they're, like, a half game out of the wild card spot now. Mm-hmm. So before they dealt with him, they were a couple of games back, probably around four and a half, five games, and now you're you're sitting a half game out. So, dude, that would be crazy. Think about this. The Braves win the division. The Nats and Phillies and the Mets are all vying for the top two wild card spots. That would be nuts. You could have three playoff teams from the NL yeah, East. That would be crazy. Um, but yeah, I mean that kind of goes on to to our next segment. Um, let's just look at you know from the playoff picture. I know we've been talking about it on like about every podcast, and we probably will until the you know the playoffs start in uh, October. But I mean. Just looking at the playoff picture because it kind of changes every single week, really. So we're, we're probably going to have different takes each week. But, um, like, I mean, how has your 
your playoff thought process and who's going to make the playoffs and your predictions changed with just this last week? I mean, it changed a little. I think from the National League perspective, like you've still got the Dodgers. They're going to make the playoffs. I think the Braves are going to make the playoffs as the division winner. And then I, I don't know. I think the Mets have bolstered their starting pitching enough that they're going to get a wild card spot, but their offense is going to hold them back in the playoffs. Um, but then, like, the NL Central, like, who knows? Like, the Cubs will go on a two-game win streak and we'll think they're back, and then they go on a four-game losing streak. Same thing with the Cardinals. But if I had to take a team from that division, I would probably say the Cardinals are going to find a way to win it, and they'll they'll meet the, the winner of – I'm going to go with – Probably the Mets and the Nationals. I think that's what it would happen. Yeah, um, we kind of do this every podcast where Austin kind of focuses on the National League and I focus on the American League. Um, I'm just so depressed, Austin. Why, because y'all are 15 games back? Oh, God, y'all are 15 and a half? We're, oh, my gosh. Boy. I don't even want to talk about it, but, you know... <laughs> We sweep the Yankees, and then we go on the whole week losing streak where we lose eight games, and now we're losing to teams like the Orioles. We lost three out of four to the Yankees. Oh, got swept by the Rays. The Orioles and Red Sox are playing in Williamsport for that MLB game. Oh, nice. That's a great game for the MLB to be at. Yeah. I, I didn't mean to say Orioles. I meant to say Royals, actually. Same mediocre team. Anyway, I mean, Boston has just plummeted, so my life sucks right now. If you want to send me candy or Venmo me, I mean, just DM me and I'll send you my Venmo. That would be really cool. Um. Anyway, I mean, the Yankees are going to win that division. <sighs> and then the Twins, I feel like, I mean, them and the Indians are going to be at a, at a race to see who wins that division. I think the other persons either, or other teams are easily going to get the wild card. So both those teams are going to make the playoffs. Houston's going to win their division outright. They're nine and a half up. Um, and then that whole, like, wild card in the American League, like you got Cleveland. Cleveland's going to, you know, I mean, unless they collapse, which they could. I think Cleveland's going to get in the playoffs. Twins are going to get in the playoffs. And then you got that last spot in the wild card, which is really up to right now the Rays and the Athletics. I mean, Boston's six games back. Texas is six and a half. I mean, it's going to take a major collapse from those top three teams, or really top four, Twins, Indians, Rays, A's for, you know, a team like the Red Sox to get back in it. So from an American League perspective, I think, you know, the division leaders are kind of like set right now. Um with the exception of the central and then the wild cards up for grabs, obviously. I mean, like you're talking about the national league, like you have the Nats, the Phillies, the Cardinals, the Brewers, and now you have teams like the Mets, Arizona, the Giants, even, even the Reds, they're only four and a half back. Yeah, even the Padres are only six and a half back. So really the only teams, I mean, the Rockies are seven and you still have, you know, almost two months left to play. So really anything in the national league can happen. No team is, no team is out besides the pirates and the Marlins. They just got awful, but um, yeah, I mean, national league is a whole different story, but it's going to be really interesting. I feel like this is why we watch baseball is this whole, you know, even if my team's not there, you know, as a baseball fan, like it's going to be so fun to watch. Speaking of that. So if you don't follow him on Twitter, he tweeted, last night about 
seeking suggestions for a National League team to watch. I, of course, told him to watch the Braves because the Braves are fun, energetic. They're the best team in the NL East. And he said he would think about it. So I want to hear what... I, uh, yeah, so I... I don't. It's no bandwagon thing, Austin. Because that you said something in your tweet. I know you weren't calling me. It was no bandwagon. I'm still diehard Red Sox fan. You can't. I mean, if you call me bandwagon at this point, it's pretty wrong. If you see my Twitter, but anyway, uh, I'm just want you know a National League team. Can't pick anyone in the American League. I hate everybody in the American League. Um, but you, you know, I just want a National League team to maybe root for, you know, in the playoffs. The so I've narrowed it down to two choices. It's either the Braves or the Brewers. Oh man! So if uh, you know, tweet at me at i Jordan Moore and uh, tell me what kind of uh, team, either the Braves or the Brewers. If you have another team, I'll think about it. You know, I've thought about the Mets. I just can't like them though. They're just you a New York put team. That out on Twitter right now. You gotta put. Out I just put it. I put it out last night. No, 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 no. Your final two. You haven't put your final two out yet. So you gotta you gotta put that out right now. Okay. The fans need to know and and have a say. Okay. Um, so yeah, go like his tw- or like his tweet. Go vote on his tweet. What's your Twitter account? At I Jordan Moore. Okay, vote on get that. It, get it, get it, because I'm Jordan Moore. <laughs> wow, really clever. That's what a bachelor's degree gets you guys. Mm-hmm. Um, vote on his tweet. Vote for the Braves, please, because we love we love everybody. We love having new fans. Um, okay. Oh, this is gonna be fun. So. Postseason awards, I feel like every single year somebody gets snubbed and everybody loses their shit. So, right now, with what, a month and a half left of the season, we are going to predict. I'm going to predict the National League because I could care less about the American League. And he's going to predict the American League because he could care less about the National League. So, Joe. Your MVP of the American League, your Cy Young of the American League, and your Rookie of the Year from the American League. Let's hear it. All right, so obviously the AL MVP is going to be Mike Trout. That's a given. He's batting 301. Or, uh, I actually don't know what his stats are right now. He's Those the are, GOAT, though. He's the GOAT. Him. I mean, we don't even have to look at the stats. He's batting over above 300, probably leading the league in home runs and RBIs. Um, run scored everything all that stuff, jazz so he's going to be the mvp there's no question about it like he will be that's simply a fact uh it's kind of just like who's going to be the other two finalists um right now i think it's going to be uh you know if the season weren't in today i think it's going to be dj LeMahieu from the yankees as the second final or as one of the finalists and then and then I think it's going to be Bogarts from the Red Sox for the third finalist. It could also be Rafael Devers, either or. You can switch those two out. Um, they're both putting up MVP numbers. But, you know, I think Mike Trout's easily going to win that. Uh, as for the Cy Young, the Cy Young's kind of boring in the American League this year. It's kind of down to, like, names that, like, you wouldn't really hear of, you know, at, at midseason. I'm just looking at an article right now. It was between... You know, obviously Verlander, he's having an incredible year. Mike Miner, Charlie Morton, and Lu- Lucas Giolito from Mike, the so- Mike White Sox. Was supposed to be dealt at the trade le- trade deadline too, and he wasn't. I kind of think that's because the Rangers low key thought that they could make a run, but I mean they're six and a half back, so I, th- I think they're kind of kicking themselves now. But I mean, I would I would probably go with uh, um, Justin Verlander right now. I mean, he's 15-4, 2.68 ERA, 206 strikeouts, leads the league, if not 
if he's not leading, he's second in a lot of categories. So I think he's going to kind of walk away with the Cy Young this year. He's always been pretty dominant. Um, and then my rookie of the year, uh, I'm kind of a homer on this. It could be, you know, a mix of two guys to me. Um, I'm going to go Michael Chavis just because I think the guy's a stud. He kind of had a breakout year. He didn't really, um, you know, it wasn't really known before this year. Um, I think his guy that he's going to be battle, battling it out with is Brandon Lowe, Lowey, Brandon Lowe, Lau. I think it's Lau or Lowe. Lau from the Rays. Um, they both have similar averages. I think Chavis has um, a little lower average than him, but he has more homers and more RBIs than him. So it's kind of like all what the panel like, kind of looks at. I wouldn't be surprised if Brandon Lau gets it, though, for the Rays because they always kind of seem – I feel like the writers that vote on it always kind of seem to lean like – underdog in that kind of category if it's not a big name so um you know it's probably going to be those two but i would have to give it to chavis right now fair those are good those were good i think i think you hit trout and verlander right on rookie of the year is gonna be kind of weird yeah it's gonna be a toss-up for the national league so for the national league mvp this one was tough because you've got yelich you've got bellinger I don't know. There's just a bunch of guys that could kind of get nominated for this one. But I went with Christian Yelich. Um, he's top five in batting average, home runs, and war. Um, I just think the dude's a freak of an athlete and has really broke broken out, I guess. Broke out? I don't know how it bro, would get. Bro, he, break, he, he's really broke he's out. Breaking out. No, he's breaking he's out. He's breaking out. I don't know. Broken out. You get what I'm trying to say. Like last. Yeah, it is. Last year and this year, he's really had really good seasons, kind of putting his name out there. Um, I think he's uh, earned it, deserved it. Um, so for Cy Young, again, this one was a tough one too, especially in the National League. Like you've got Hyunjin Ryu from the Dodgers. You've got Strasburg and Scherzer. You've got Mike Soroka. There's just – the list goes on. And when it came down to it, I thought – Hyunjin Ryu from the Dodgers is going to win it. If you haven't seen him pitch because you watch the American League or whatever, um, he's a lot of fun to watch. He doesn't walk people. He, I mean, he throws probably 92, 93, touches 94, 95, but um, he makes you put the ball in play. And I think for this season, he's thrown over 100 innings and has like 12, 12 or 14 walks or something. So he's not he's not messing around on the zone. He's, he's filling it up. He's 11 and 2, 153 ERA, uh, 0.94 whip, which is really good, and a 5.1 war, which is really, really good. Um, so I think he'll win the Cy Young in the NL. And then Rookie of the Year, this one, this one to me was tough too. Um, you got Pete Alonso, you've got uh, Mike Soroka. There was another one too. I forget who it was. Do you know who it is? There's another rookie, uh, rookie in the NL. Um, I do not. Either way, it, it his was he, he'd be a good third, but I went with Mike Soroka over Pete Alonso simply because as a rookie, Soroka is ten and two, two point four five ERA, one point one one WHIP, and he's top five in ground ball percentage. So he he produces a lot of ground balls. Defense makes plays for him. Um, and his stuff is is pretty nice. And I feel like when it comes to Rookie of the Year, 
he's a pitcher's not going to win. It, it seems to always go to a position player, which, I mean, position players tend to get more chances and opportunities at it. Um, I just feel like with the year that he's had this year as a rookie, he definitely deserves it, and that is my unbiased opinion. But I don't know. It's going to be interesting to see uh, some of these postseason awards and the talk that goes behind that. Uh, starting to develop in the coming weeks about a month or so that's when it'll really ramp ramp up but so all of that done final segment that we love to do the crystal ball so the crystal ball is where we predict what we think will happen over the next week or so in sports last week we predicted well, I predicted that the Saints and the Chargers were going to have a joint practice or a fight at their joint practice on August 15th. I'm still holding true to that. Like, what else did we predict? Do you remember? I don't I don't remember what we predicted, but go back and listen there, to it. it was, there was, oh, I think it was trade deadline stuff. Yeah, there was trade deadline stuff. There was... I think we were wrong about every single one of the trade deadline things. I don't think any person was right about them. I don't think you could have named one right. Um, but anyways... This week, I am holding true to my Saints and Chargers joint practice brawl. Uh, it always happens. At least once a year at a joint practice, there is a fight, and it's going to be with those two teams. Okay. We're currently watching the team from Virginia. Did they win? They're about to. We're currently watching the team from Virginia uh, play in the Southeast Regional in the Little League World Series. And if they get this last out, they're going to Williamsport, which is going to be pretty hype. Favorite athlete, Zion Williamson. Come on. How now. are you a baseball player? Come on. Athlete is basketball. But, but more than that, Zion, you've known Zion for not even, maybe a year. Yeah, that's stupid. Come These on. kids are dumb. Kids are dumb. Come on now. Out of every athlete, you're going to put Zion Williamson. Whatever. Anyway, so we're watching Little League right now, so that's where my next prediction comes. Um, I'm going to go with... South Korea is going to beat the team from Southwest, so Louisiana in the Little League World Series. I actually got to watch the team from Louisiana earlier. team's good, but I looked up a picture of the team from South Korea. We got some big boys. They always, and you know South Korea knows how to pitch. Let's go. Virginia just won it. Hype. Nobody, like, can, nobody can beat Virginia, bro. Nobody can beat Virginia. I feel like... Uh, <clears throat> I feel like South Korea always wins the Little League Series. Either them or South Japan. Korea or Japan. Yeah. Anyway, uh, so I'm going to give my Little League World Series predictions on the next podcast. That's always a fun time period to watch. It's kind of like no one knows anything about any of these teams, and it's kind of fun just to see people predict it. So I'll be one of those losers that predict it. Uh, so for my crystal ball, I'm going to go. There's going to be a major August collapse. That leads into September from a MLB division leader, whether it's, you know, the AL Central from the Twins to the uh, Indians or maybe even the Astros or Yankees. You never know. You never know what baseball can do. Baseball is a crazy sport. Or maybe even the Braves, Austin, from the NL East. You, maybe they'll you choke. Need to stop. Um, you need to stop. But anyway, so I think there's going to be a major collapse in a team that. Uh, You're absolutely right, but it's not the Braves. A team that could possibly, um, you know, take their spot is a team that, like, we're not even thinking of right now that's not in a playoff spot as of this moment. Um, 
you know, possibly the Mets, possibly the Reds. Obviously, can't count them out. Yeah, can't count them out. Okay, They're I'm gonna stop talking about them. Yeah, I'm talking about I'm talking about a wild card maybe or something like that. But if they made the playoffs and and found a way to win the World Series, I I don't know what I would do. I would do anything you asked me. Okay, that's a bet. You heard it here first on <laughs> State of the Union. Um, but yeah, I just think I don't know. I just think it's bound to happen. Just the mess people's predictions up and stuff like that and then the last thing um i think a major nfl team um you know a major nfl team's player is going to get hurt in the preseason i feel like it happens i've said this on previous podcasts like i feel like it happens like every single year so i think that happens this week and then one more thing i think the cowboys uh ezekiel elliott will uh sit out for the rest of the year um now, I think he's going to pull a Le'Veon Bell just because he's not giving, you know, getting the contract extension that he wants. So um, I think he's going to pull that aspect. We didn't really talk about that. but And I didn't know this until he told me this earlier, but the Cowboys confirmed – you said they confirmed it. They don't have the money to sign Zeke, which I don't know. I, I don't know. If I'm the Cowboys, I'm – finding a way to get rid of him so that I can get some good stuff in return. Yeah, it's not that they don't have the money. It's just like they don't want to go above whatever the salary cap or whatever they have in the NFL. I don't know if they have a salary cap, but whatever money they have to spend for that year, they don't want to give any more to him. They said they've been really generous to him, so we'll see. But um, anyway, that'll that'll wrap it up for this episode. We appreciate you guys listening to the State of the Union featuring uh, myself, Jordan Moore, and my co-host, Austin Slough. Yeet! Um, if you if you liked our show, I don't know why you wouldn't. Again, um, you know, check us out on iTunes, Spotify, anywhere podcasts are found. Please rate us. Please um, subscribe to us. It means a lot. You'll get notifications when we go or when we put a podcast out. Um, follow us on Instagram and Twitter at WTP Sports. Um, and then again. Please subscribe to us. It means a lot to us. Don't mean to be repetitive, but it does. Just search WTBC of the Union. We have a American color scheme. Can't miss us. Join us next time and follow our personal accounts. They're listed in this uh, episode's bio. And thank you for listening to State of the Union. Bye, Austin. Later.